Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Salsa. I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy, Ernesto. Hello, it is I. It is you, yes. We are almost recovered from the uh, terrible coronavirus that we both um, contracted. Mm. Got like a few days apart, right? Like I, I got <laughs> it and then like the week later you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's such a weird coincidence. Yeah, but you got it because you went to uh, Celebration Day. Yeah. Star Wars Celebration, and I got it from uh, who the fuck knows where I got it, but <laughs> I had it, and that's what's important is that now I've recovered and I'm immune, nothing could kill me, Yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's just uh, discuss this a little bit. How was uh, your experience with it? Uh, it was scary, to be honest with you. Yeah? I mean, it, it's a virus that is for the first time, not the first time in human history, but the first time in a while in human history that I've been infected with, and it's widely unknown, you know? Yeah, well, now that oh, we're, right. you know, two years in the pandemic, we, we are, as a society, or as, like, uh, the medical researchers and scientists have more of a handle on what's going on. Obviously, there's still a, a big risk factor, mm-hmm. you know, for people that do have, you know, co- comorbidities and stuff like that, that where a weakened immune system is essentially a, a death sentence to yeah. them. But thankfully... And thankfully for us, it, it wasn't that case. You know, we we got it, we got sick, and we recovered. Yeah, um, yeah, it was an odd feeling too, cause like like uh, it's like having the cold, but skipping steps. You know, so usually you would have you know a sore throat, and then you kind of snowball from there. But here it was just like yeah. my body ached, and then I was cold for some reason. <laughs> it's just it was just <laughs> a very very. I felt like a, honestly, I felt like an experiment. An experiment. Yeah, like things were a person was putting stuff in me and just like here let's see how this feels or something <laughs> yeah it, it just... you said you said experiment and for some reason i started envisioning the fucking the, the face sucker scene from alien <laughs> oh, oh no you're right i mean corporation <laughs> and like you know like i see how far we can take this yeah yeah it's uh, yeah. it felt weird and scary yeah that was that was weird is like i got it and for me the flu it, it fucking wrecks me anyway like the basic common flu and and i've had occasions where even when i get the flu shot i get like really sick and to the point where it's like i probably should should have gone to the hospital yeah but with this one like it was it was a bad flu like i i admit my body was trembling it was i had the the cold sweats i didn't i didn't get the flu Mm. like a fever Mm. which was good um the, the the times where my body did run hot was because i was covered with this with my with my sheets mm-hmm. which was like the the best thing ever <laughs> in 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 like whatever shit show of a situation i was going through was that it wasn't hot the temperature wasn't hot it was like relatively cool mm-hmm. yeah so you you could you know drink teas and eat soup and stuff like that it's t- typical comfort you know, food <laughs> that you have to you go through when you're when you're sick but when it's hot if it's 100 degrees outside and you got the flu, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, but it, it, I was out for like two weeks. How, how, how long were you out? Oh, five days. Five days? Yeah, five days. When I got it, I was death. And after <laughs> that, it kind of, it improved slowly, but I was just so annoyed, like, really, body? You had to catch it, you know. <laughs> like you're so careful uh, at the convention. I was, I was the only one who I felt like I was fairly lax. So, but I yeah. was the only one who always wore a mask, you know, who always had like hand sanity on location in my bag. 
and I got it. So you were prepared. Yeah, and everyone else in my group didn't get it, so I was a little pissed off. But <laughs> damn, that must yeah. It's always it, it always seems to be like that in situations where it's like the person who's the most prepared is usually the one who ends up getting it. Yeah, and I felt like a <laughs> leper. I was just like like yeah, he has it. Don't touch it. I was like really. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, but the, so the the one upside was that I I had a lot of downtime and I was able to watch a lot of stuff. Oh yes. How about you? Oh yeah, I played like so many games. <laughs> just, so many I was games. dying, but I was like, hey, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like for me, I was at the point where I I, I couldn't like really think straight because mm. the the brain fog was so so prevalent. Yeah. Or even. Even after I had tested negative, I was still like, fuck, I can't really focus on really much anything. So I had to take additional time off um, from work. I ended up having to take like 10 days off of work just so I could be like come back at like like 75 percent. Yeah, it's all a blur for me as well. Like, I I guess I had brain fog as well, but I I just don't remember. I guess that's it, huh? I don't remember having it. So that's probably... (laughs) That's probably it. Yeah. Um, do you have, like, any um, side effects, like, lingering side effects? Like, we've heard uh, people say that they lose taste, the smell, you know, oh. something like that. Is there anything that happened to you? Fortunately, I didn't lose my taste because I was freaked out about that. Because I remember a friend of mm-hmm. mine told me that uh, she, uh, her friend was, like, a, a connoisseur of food, I suppose. And she lost her taste and she got super depressed. So I could just imagine, you know, everything tasting like mush. Like pizza or pasta, you know, something extravagant, <laughs> just tasting like black goo. But no, I don't. I don't have any um, other than like lingering phlegm. Yeah, that's what I have as well. Like the occasional, like hockalugi, and then you're good to go for like, the <laughs> next hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like what was one thing that that did have me tripping out is like the day I I had it, mm. I couldn't see blue. You know, really? like in the color spectrum that we see in our eyes. It's like blues, reds, greens, and, or yellows. Right. And I couldn't see blue, which kind of freaked me out because I'm a video editor. Oh, yeah. I, I just <laughs> imagined the RGB parade. Like, why is this all gray? <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many reds. Yeah, so, like, yeah, so I, I remember I, I walked into my kitchen and I turned on the light. And, you know, like a, a typical LED light, it's, it's not like the old school fluorescent fucking where it warms up yellow and stuff like that and then it but that's how that's how i was seeing things i was like oh shit and then the next the following day i it was still a little bit but by the second day my the me being able to see blue came back so i was like oh thank god oh what a trip that would have been uh yeah that would have been uh something to try to explain to my manager yeah, <laughs> yeah by the way uh i can't see the color blue yeah <laughs> Anyways, uh, so what you been watching, man? Uh, I, I got the opportunity to watch Top Gun Maverick. And How was that? It was, uh, I watched the first one. I pre-gamed the first one in anticipation for this one. And I, yeah. and I got to say, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty... The, the new one or the oh, first the one? Oh, the new one. No, yeah. The, new <laughs> one, the first one was just like, it was so, not confusing, but like, why are you, or why are we focusing on these storylines and these uh, plot threads? It was so 80s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was so 80s. Like, but the thing is with Top Gun, as uh, all I know is from the pop culture, 
So, like, yeah. but I was really disappointed because, like, say, the volleyball scene, I thought it was, like, at a beach, right? You know, this this weird homoerotic scene. Oh, not weird, but, you know, this homoerotic scene. Uh, well, not weird. Weird is, uh, a, good, is a good is a good thing. It did feel weird odd. Weird in the sense, exactly. Weird in the sense that it's out of place. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. But it's, like, at the back of the base, like, in a little playground. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? this is, it, is it, like, the souped-up, oiled-down bros, like, you know, bonding and stuff that I was expecting? But uh, Top Gun Maverick, I've always said that Creed and Creed 2 are, like, really good passing of the torch films. And a lot of movies should follow how they how they structure it. Uh, sort yeah. of deal. And Top Gun is exactly the same way. So it's a good passing of the torch uh, movie where Tom Cruise's character dies? Oh no no it's a uh, spoiler? Uh, no no uh, no. Oh retired maybe <laughs> who knows? But maybe, it's uh it, it comes with a, Apollo Creed. Like in Rocky it's Apollo Creed and then Rocky, you know, it's kind of the ramifications of that. It's it's kind of the same thing, but if Rocky sucked, you know, Top Gun kinda it's kinda weird, but it, it takes that lingering narrative from the first one and expands on it in ways that you're you'd be surprised in a kind of war film kind of fighter film i don't know what you categorize this movie i mean i guess you could say it's a war film in a sense that it's uh it's you know the air force mm. um i remember when i went to go watch uh what the fuck was that last movie i saw dr strange I don't know, <laughs> um, but they showed like a two-minute scene of them of uh, the dog fighting oh, yeah, yeah. exercise that they were doing. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, man, that was, that looks so awesome." I'm not gonna lie, to be able to fly <laughs> at like Mach one or two and these fucking super high um, speeds in the air, just flying around, pretend killing your friends and stuff like that. <laughs> like a, I'm gonna kill. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like. Uh, Tom Cruise takes a lot of what he learned from Mission Impossible. You know, do all your stunts, make these movies, these huge spectacles that you'd never expect. And he does the same thing in Top Gun Maverick. A lot of the shots are in the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all him, right? It's all him um, fly, flying and shit like that because that's the type of dude he is. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that he, he's the one who did his own stunts. So as a consequence, all of his co-stars <laughs> had to, to do, do, had to do their own stunts as well. And <laughs> it's... They had to go to, what, two years of the Air Force? <laughs> <laughs> There's some sort, of, some sort of training. And it shows. I mean, I'm like, Top Gun Maverick is just this kind of film where you're surprised it's it's really good compared to the first one well even even the 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 tone of it feels different right like you saw both of them i haven't seen the top gun movie in i don't know fucking 20 years (laughs) or something so i don't i don't really remember but it feels like the the first top gun was more lighthearted in a sense and then this one feels like it's a lot more serious yeah yeah it does because the the first so five or 15 you know the act one uh you're 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 given the stakes immediately like in the first one it's kind of loosey-goosey you're kind of the character tom cruise's character is like okay he's he's a rogue but you know he he's he's good with people because he went back for his friends you know he, he's kind of in the middle but here he's definitely feeling you know the the loss of his friend and like he mm-hmm. becomes a test pilot and he gets out in the first movie it's implied that he becomes an instructor at top gun but here it's like he got kicked out in about three months <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> like, so they do kind of like a time skip, a time skip, and it's like uh, it's kind of like Apollo Creed esque 
where you, you find out about his kid and you know what's been going on and basically this is your family and you left them alone it's the same with mm. uh with goose's kid right so it's like in the passing of the torch it, it is exactly the same as creed where it's not you know sylvester stallone's kid it's your friend's kid yeah yeah, exactly. It doesn't have that uh, secondary plot with him have actually having a kid, you know, and ignoring him yeah. for Creed. It's uh, yeah, it's actually he doesn't have he doesn't have a family at that point. It seems like his life stagnated. Uh, like in Top Gun, there's a romance aspect of it, and they she she left her job at Washington. Spoilers for this movie, but uh, she she was set up for in the first one the the romance the romance. She left her job to stay with Tom Cruise. But in this one, there's no... They don't talk about her any way. Or they, she's not <laughs> in the picture in any way. So he's been affected We're talking about Kelly McGinnis, right? Uh, I believe so. If that's her name, I don't right. remember her name. So, From the first one. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. It is... Meg Ryan. I'm sorry. Oh, no, oh, wait. that was Rooster's... Uh, yeah, Kelly. it is Kelly McGinnis. Kelly McGinnis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, remember, I saw, like, when, when this movie came out, uh, the Top Gun Maverick... Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of like these fucking bloggers were making, trying to rile up a stink about how come Kelly uh, Kelly McGinnis wasn't cast in the in uh, the new Top Gun movie, right. and then they interviewed her, and she was like, "Well, I got fat and old, so what do you want me to do?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, it, yeah, it's it's rare. It's I try to rack my head around it, but like films, they're they ask them, and you know maybe they have an NDA, they can't talk about it and stuff. Yeah, as soon as she wasn't, she didn't appear. I was like, okay, it's probably because uh, you know personal reasons, or she can, yeah. or scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. Yeah, it's the same when they um they try to rile rile, rile up a stink about um Carrie Fisher having to be whipped into shape for the the. The Star Wars movies, but then everybody was like, "Yeah, well, fucking Mark Hamill and, and <laughs> fucking everybody had to get whipped into shape." Yeah, Mark ha- for, com- for the new star for the new Star Wars movies. R- you know? Right, completely ignoring Mark Hamill. I think didn't he have surgery just to like get into shape? Probably. Yeah, yeah. You want to look yeah. your best so, for your legacy films or your. Yeah. I know, it's 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 an odd like hill to want to die on, but yeah, yeah. I guess. That's the state of journalism today. Um, <laughs> so, what would you what would you rate this film? Uh, I would give it an eight. An eight. Yeah, an eight. It's. I mean, it has its flaws, right? And like any film has yeah. its flaws, and some of them are kind of blatant. I would argue that the movie is basically Top Gun, but better. But better. Yeah. Better graphics. Yeah, better graphics. <laughs> better written in a sense, you know. It, but uh, yeah, it's. It's the spectacle is what I remember. Like, you saw okay. the two-minute clip. Like, the stuff they do, it's, there's even crazier stuff than that. Okay, so, so this... this All right, so just to close uh, on your rating, mm-hmm. IMDb gave it an 8.6 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 97. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're right there with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this movie comes came 30 years after the first one. Mm-hmm. Let me see, 86, uh, well, at this point, almost 40 years. Oh, jeez. After, after the first one. So do you think, and, and by all accounts, it's a lot better than the original. Mm-hmm. So do you think that to have to give movies like a, an honest sequel, because we, we, there are a bunch of movies out there where they, they suffer the sophomore slump, right? Yeah. The first one is really good. Then the second one just does not 
perform the way people are expecting it to. <laughs> right. <coughs> Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do you think that maybe waiting 30 years or so <laughs> to make a sequel <laughs> to a movie would, would, would be the right uh, move to go? Uh, to no. <laughs> but the, the, th- <laughs> the thing is with Top Gun is that it was reverse. They had their yeah. sophomore slump first. And like, how can you get worse from there? It, so it's like, totally it's cool. like when you're in high school and then like you, you go in with your classmates in high school and then there's that one chick who's like kind of nerdy uh-huh. as a freshman and then you go off for summer and you come back and it's like, boom, she's smoking hot. Is that type yeah, of thing? Yeah, no. We, oh, yes. Yeah. This, that's like the plot of every 80s film, dude. It's like yeah. a tomboy <laughs> and then out of nowhere she's like smoking <laughs> she's smoking hot yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's uh, Top Gun definitely has its cult following. I could see it. Especially when you know you're quoting lines like "You could be my wingman anytime," or like "I got a need for speed." You know, it's it's relevant <laughs> to pop cultures there, but as a film, it's just very uh, it's very weird and it's it's weird. of its time. Yeah, it's it's very like, I mean, yeah, of its time is the best way to put it. It's it's something that I'm pretty sure would not fly today in a you know big movie theatrical released and shit yeah it's like i said there's a lot of dangling like plot lines and but maverick surprisingly is realizes the plot lines and focuses on those rather than you know uh, like other movies do with the software slump and try to be bigger better or try to uh, try to expand on a storyline that really had no relevance in the first movie, <laughs> Wonder Woman. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it's you don't have to go bigger and better, make huge explosions. Just kind of expand on what you established from the first movie. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. But you know, talking about movies that <laughs> speak of don't which. expand into yeah, that speaking of movies that don't expand into you know decent storylines from the original. I saw the new Scream movie <laughs> on Paramount Plus, right. um, and let me tell you, like me being a, a horror fan, mm-hmm. obviously Scream, and especially a horror fan from the '90s, growing up in the '90s, Scream is a movie that has like I don't want to say like a special meaning to me mm-hmm. because it really doesn't, but it's something where it's like all the movies, all the horror movies that I've seen and I love are movies that came you know 10, 15 years, 20 years before I was born. Yeah. So to say that there's movies that, that have come out that are in my, you know, age range to to say. Right. <laughs> is is pretty cool, you know. You could you could you could always refer to oh, well Scream is there. Scream was pretty good. Um Resident not not Resident Evil, um Final Destiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, Destination. Right, yeah. Final Destination is a fucking good one. Yeah, yeah. As well. It's like those movies of that of that era where they they they're in the conversation. Yeah. So you take you take that movie and then fucking 20 years later or well, almost 30 years later at this point make a sequel to it but it feels like more of a fan film than anything <laughs> Be- because like big spoilers you know yeah the movie takes takes place um, w- the the events of the first movie have been you know dramatized and turned into a movie franchise within the movie itself right right <laughs> so they're they're constantly referencing this movie i think it's called stab and then there's obviously the people who you know live through the events of the first one and the people who are um connected in one way or another to them obviously have like this ill feeling towards that film right and but there's also like this this group of fan 
not to say boys, but fanboys of that film that want to recreate the the not necessarily the events, but they 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 come into the idea of wanting to kill people to make the perfect sequel to the to, to the original film. Yeah, yeah, that's such a it's such a weird angle to take. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's like I'm like Manson, you know, like oh, people are so fans of Manson, but well, now they are right after you know he's yeah. he's buried and we know his past. It's the same with like World War Two films. They're they're uh, they're horrible moments in history, but we were just infinitely fascinated with it. And it's just weird with and you, it's at thirty years from the original murders, right? Almost about, yeah. about thirty years, so it's like a weird fascination. Like, there's a cult following for the Mansons and stuff. Like, yeah, it's like it's like they're saying like Manson had it right or something <laughs> you know, to some extent, and we got to finish what he started. Yeah. It's it's like it's in, it's in, it's insanity. Like it, when you're starting off with insanity, but don't go anywhere beyond that. Like make it even more insane. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just like, hmm, <laughs> this is a big budget fan film. <laughs> and it was a hundred million. No, it made a hundred forty million. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, they spent a hundred forty million on this. No, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's an interesting. Hopefully, it's a close to the franchise because unfortunately, with with horror films, there really isn't a a solid multi film franchise where you could say like, yeah, that is awesome. You know, it's generally like the first one is good. And then the second one is slightly less good, and then the third one, fourth one, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, twentieth <laughs> turns out just to be like hacky and just terrible for the sake of being terrible, you know? Right, right. So hopefully you can say like this is a a close to the Scream franchise. Um, they they decided to go a different avenue, unlike the Halloween, mm-hmm. where the Halloween we saw we had a reboot a few years ago, then the last one came out last year. And then the current one that's going to come out comes out later this year, where it's like essentially retcons everything that happened from Halloween one, I think it was two and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so H2O there's been what, like, and yeah, there's been like what seven Halloween movies, and all of that just turns to bullshit. <laughs> like they're just experimenting. So uh, uh, for this film, it's a similar in terms of Top Gun Maverick, they have legacy characters. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. characters from the first one. How do they treat them there? Are they, like, given their due? Are they like, oh, that's what they would do if given their time? Um, well, both... Well, the three characters that return are David Arquette, Neve Campbell, and Courtney Cox mm. from the first one. Oh, cool. That's pretty beefy. And, yeah, and they're all obviously suffering from, like, terrible fucking horrific PTSD from the events of what happened in the first one. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Arquette is really like the only one who, who you feel for, hmm. just because he when he when he is um, shows up in the film he's like living in like a rundown trailer in the middle of the woods. Oh, and but he understands exactly what's happening, and he he actually comes in to help the the people who are being pursued this time. Right. And then Neve Campbell, Nev Campbell, Neve Campbell. I don't know how you say her name, but she, her, and Courtney Cox come in as well, but after the fact. And then they come in, you know, guns blazing and stuff like that. So I feel like they do, but the one you want to have had like a better justice was David Arquette, and unfortunately, I don't think they gave it to him. Oh, I see. It did it make sense narratively? <laughs> did it make sense? Like, oh, that like if you watched the first scream, right, and then you watched this scream, and were you like, yeah, that makes sense? Not really. Oh. Mainly because like the only real connections 
from the first one to this one are is that the the events were made into a film, so more people saw it, and then that obviously raised notoriety to the town and to that and to what happened. And then uh, the the three legacy characters coming returning when shit starts to hit the fan. Uh, I think there's also one of the cop. The cop was like a high, one of the high school students when when shit was happening, but now she's a cop. And then um, and then like the big reveal. I don't know if you want me to tell you or not, but the big reveal. Other than that, there really isn't a lot of connection to the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's no real storylines that are continued that aren't you know that don't feel shoehorned in and stuff like that so it's it just like i said it's a fan film that they decided to make into a big movie theatrical release film so is it like is it like the sophomore slump because it's like it's the same with top gun maverick right 30 odd years uh, a movie that well scream was relatively uh groundbreaking to an extent when it was released? Yeah. So is this the same way? It took them 30 years and they're making a sequel to it and now it's... Uh, is it the same where it doesn't really hold up to the first one? Or did, like Halloween? Uh, I feel like the sequel to Halloween you like better <laughs> than this one. <laughs> um, well, to call it a sophomore slump, it seems kind of like... Junior slump? Not, no, not correct <laughs> uh-huh. because this is, the, this is the fifth iteration. Right, right. So, so it's the... what would it be like? It dropped out. And <laughs> it started doing. It started doing drugs and it got a bad cocaine. The sophomore addiction. dropout. And went to community college. Yeah. No, this is this is where at the point that you could you, you could. It's probably a fucked up analogy to make. But <laughs> the analogy would be like this is when people are looking for favors of the sexual manner to continue <laughs> their addiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's like it, it's a, there's a high but you know the thing you did to get that high you probably can't look your mother in the face exactly oh, exactly you i see you would not want to uh, oh god yeah. that's very not that i don't know anything about that but <laughs> of course of course, of course. <laughs> um so what would you it, give like it? it okay so imdb gives it a 6.4 rotten tomatoes gives us a 76 and metacritic gives it a 60 mm. I would give it like a four. Oh, honestly. yeah. Yeah. This is like, it's, I don't know what I was expecting. Just because <laughs> like Scream, yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a movie from when I was a kid that I watched. Uh, but not really knowing or not really like anticipating the way the story played out mm-hmm. was kind of a disappointment. Oh, that's a shame. You know, it could have, it could have been better. It's just, it, that's, that's what I could have, that's what I, I'm saying. <laughs> you could put that. You could put that on the poster. It pops also. Could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds. It sounds like a film that kind of buckled on its uh, legacy, sort of yeah. thing. And it's it's still not look. You know, glorifying killing. I would rather have a not killing in general, but the the whole. There's a there's a cult with the slasher who's only thirty years old. You know, like what kind of society where we are just they're all like, yeah, we like we want to emulate this guy who's basically actually stabbed a bunch of people. Yeah, it's it's weird. It yeah, it's it's just <laughs> it could have been like it was like you want to you want to make a, a horror movie that's that's different, right? And right. then you take. The franchise that's Scream, that's as, as probably as iconic as it gets, you know, especially in the for the millennial era, and you make it what's essentially a fan film. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's my review, my my discussion. I mean, it's 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 out there on Paramount Plus for people to to watch it and make up your own opinions. But for me, as somebody who like really enjoys horror movies, and this one especially being a, a movie from, uh, you know, the past thirty years or so, something that that came out in my lifetime, and it actually makes the conversation of you know when people start talking about some of the better horror movies of of all time. You know, mm-hmm. Scream inevitably ends up being in there, yeah. one way or another. But now it's kind of, it's become so watered down and. It seems like I guess uh, sorry. I guess I would say full of itself. Yeah, it, it seems. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it seems like that's that kind of film that uh, didn't really know what angle to take it, so it kind of just uh, self-fellatioed itself. And like, yeah, yeah. You, like you know, winking at the audience. You guys get it? You know, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I see. Yeah. Alright, and the, another movie I watched was Sonic. Sonic Two. Oh, I still have yet to watch that. I really want to watch that. It's on, dude. I'm telling you, man. It's, it, Paramount <laughs> Plus. It's it's you got you got to watch Halo and um, Sonic Two. I'll make a point. I'll, I'll make a point. I promise you this. I'll make a point. <laughs> yeah, and it's um for like quickly. So so I, I won't spoil anything from for you about uh, Sonic Two, but Sonic Two, it's more of the same. Sonic One. Oh, but is it like a step up though? Because that could be... Uh, well, the step up is that the introduction of the new characters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Knuckles and Tails. One one thing that did get me, like, all giddy mm-hmm. was that uh, there was a moment when uh, Dr. Robotnik's assistant yeah. is looking for a wardrobe for him to wear. Oh, no way. And he's, he, and he's scanning, like, he's, 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 like, he has, like, this virtual, or not this virtual, but he's, like, he's got the screen, right? Uh-huh. And he's, like scrolling and he one of the the outfits that he scrolls past is the exact outfit from the the the, the character oh the overalls and everything oh my gosh this this movie is so weird <laughs> because it's not like it's not like a marvel dc kind of legacy bit right we have you know they have a yeah. backstory of the character but this is just like we just saw them in a uh, 18-bit kind of world and like they're making yeah. they're putting little cameos in it and stuff like that <laughs> Oh, that's great! Yeah, it was. It was like it got me all giddy. It's like, oh my god! Like it's actually, it's actually him. <laughs> it's the cannon, <laughs> like the Sonic yeah. cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But unfortunately, like, I, I, didn't Jim Carrey say that he was basically done with movies? Yeah. Yeah. He said this was gonna be his last one. Hopefully, he can. You know, they can back up a bigger truck of money or some sort of anything or take his character somewhere to to close it off in a trilogy so that would be cool yeah because like say what you will about uh jim carrey you know obviously he's made some career (laughs) he's had some career highs and some career lows yeah he's made some interesting choices with his movie careers but he's a really like dynamic actor oh yeah and and a a a character like this plays perfectly with his his sensibilities yeah he's one of those very few actors who ve- who are very into their roles but could also shift he has he has a uh what's the word he has he has not broadery but he has a you know he can act in different roles yes yeah you know what i mean I, I forget the word for it it's uh range he has range he's got he has range yeah because yeah. I, I remember ace ventura and just how weird and very visceral and how very uh physical he is in that one and then i go watch uh 
uh, was it Spotless Mind? I forgot the second bit, the first bit. Essential something, right? Yeah, uh, something of the uh, spotless, spotless Mind. Man. I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. for all those indie <laughs> But yeah, that film, and it's very, uh, very emotional. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Uh, thank there you. you okay, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, or even, to some extent, The Truman Show. I know a lot of people don't like that show, but at the time, even now where we're on Instagram and watching people 24-7 and streaming and Twitch, it seems like it was ahead mm-hmm. of its time, you know? Yeah. So, like... But you look at... Even you look at, like, me, myself, and Irene. Mm. He's playing two characters with the same the same person, you know? Right, yeah. And, and the way he goes in and out is... is I don't want to say flawless, but it's, it's very Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's very... Of his time, right? You don't see yeah. a lot of actors like that nowadays. Maybe, arguably, like Paul Rudd. Uh, I think there was a movie where he played two his himself, like twins. But at the time, you know, being in the same role and shifting a character, or even like in the mask or something like that. Like he's the the boring human dude, and he comes with the mask, and now he's this extravagant, flamboyant, crazy dude. Like you don't really see yeah. that kind of character a lot, especially nowadays. Liar, liar was another liar, thing. liar, right? There's a lot of roles where he plays two characters. <laughs> yeah, where he he like it, he challenges himself to be for one character to be the complete and polar opposite of another. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like that's the thing. Like Jim Carrey, like obviously as a kid, The Mask, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> where he he's like this wild, wacky comedic actor. And then he he does have like range and like me myself and I, Irene, which is still a comedy, but he he's able to 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 completely change his personality within the same like minute or so. Liar, liar as well. Yeah. The Truman Show. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's we don't talk about Batman forever, but <laughs> <laughs> just him hitting on the throne. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kick ass too. You know he played the. Stars and Stripes. Right, and a lot of people were, uh, like, surprised, like, how gruff he was. Yeah. How military he was, just, you know. <laughs> yeah, and um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that um, he decided to, you know, call it a, call it a, call it on his acting career, but, fuck, I don't think there, there could be another, you know, actor to be able to, to accurately portray the character of, you know, Dr. Eggman Robotnik. yeah. Yeah, he's done such... I remember when we watched the first one. I think we watched the first one, right? I think we reviewed it. And, yeah. uh, like, the one of the main highlights, the main pillars of that movie was his portrayal. Or was his Exactly. Actor. Yeah. And it's funny, though, the Idris Elba as Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, like, just, like just stop trying to sexualize my voice. And, like, the internet does all challenge accepted. And they did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, it's dope. Yeah. Uh, bench war to Sonic is fantastic. See, I was uh, skeptical from him because John Raffio from <laughs> from uh, Parks John and Rec. <laughs> Just like, I get it's such a it's such a, a funny role to like, and it's kind of like a semi serious role as Sonic, but no, it it fits and I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good movie to watch. It's it's very. Um, I saw it like when I was when deep in my COVID haze, so. <laughs> It was a, a good, like, respite from all that terribleness. Yeah, yeah definitely. So what would um, you give this one? I would give it, like, a 7. seven. Right now, you know, IMDb yeah. gives it a 6.6, Rotten Tomatoes 69, and Voodoo, I don't know what the fuck Voodoo is, but it gives <laughs> it a 4.7 out of 5. <laughs> but I guess I'm right there with them, you know, 6.57, just because, like, it was entertaining. It's uh, another aspect of 
of my childhood. You know, I used to love playing Sonic games. Mm-hmm. Can this be the only franchise where they successfully transitioned from video game to movies? Yeah, it's it sounds like it, doesn't it? It sounds like this film doesn't take its its source material all too seriously, but also homages it. Like you said, yeah. with the, the outfit. Like, only really, only fans <laughs> understand that outfit, <laughs> right? But it's something that also, it, it caters to the fans, but also it's uh, narrative-wise, right? He's picking up a suit. Uh, here are some yeah. prototypes. You know, it, it seems like, I thought Detective Pikachu uh, was a really good video game adaptation of a movie. Uh, other way around, movie adaptation <laughs> of a video game. Of a video game. Right, but... I haven't, I haven't seen Detective Pikachu. Yeah, it's, it, I haven't played the game but i feel like a lot of the lore and a lot of the character development is firmly rooted within that world and it's cute but then here comes sonic and it's like you're bringing i think tails is from the animated tv show you have idris alba as knuckles like who would have thought this dude with like spikes on his fists and like would punch things would be in a movie or at least have enough character to expand upon in a movie yeah it's um when Obviously, like, uh, Knuckles starts off as, as a villain and then ends up becoming a friend. Mm-hmm. And they go through that, uh, you know, that character development within this movie. And when they when they do finally, like, see eye to eye, it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're both one in, one in the same. So, <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I, I recommend it to watch it right now when you have the opportunity. Definitely. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun movie and... <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just silly and I like it. I like it. I, I I'm hoping there's gonna be another one and I'm hoping that Jim Carrey comes back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Holy shit, we went forty minutes on just stuff we talked about. Yeah, right. We've seen. Alright, let's <laughs> get into the the nitty gritty. So nitty-gritty. the other day, I think it was Tuesday or something, mm. I got an email from PlayStation saying that my PlayStation Plus account has been transitioned over to the PlayStation. What is it? PlayStation Now? PlayStation... No. I guess it's still Plus, but Now has been consumed into the amorphous blob. Yeah, to the, their version of Game Pass. Right. Which I'm kind of disappointed because I paid for a year <laughs> on on uh, PlayStation Now. Uh-huh. But the, the, the tiers are different. Really? Yeah, because I paid for a year and it only tiered me to the the more the most basic PlayStation Plus account. Is, uh, uh, account. is that the middle one? That's the lowest one. The lowest. One? That's so weird. Yeah. So am I gonna have to wait till this one expires and then re re up my uh, my account so that I have access to like the full thing? Right. Because like what what what's the point of paying you know seventy bucks for a year access to PlayStation now? And then when they do make a transition, have to pay another seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah, definitely contact someone. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know about what what did, uh, what tier do you are you on? Do you I, know? I'm on the basic one, honestly. Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah, the lowest tier, the the, the peasant tier. It's just like ten dollars a month and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you you pay monthly, not yearly? Yeah, I pay monthly because I have uh, trust issues. No, I'm just no. <laughs> like I, I don't. I just don't know uh, if because uh, I I re-upped it because I, I wanted to play uh, Battlefield with the bud, bud, buddies of mine, but I usually don't have it upped. I usually just play free-to-play games. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's it was a kind of disappointing thing. Like I had the PS PS2 and PS3, mm. and then I didn't get the PS4. But that whole transition where it became to, you know, 
pay-to-play type of thing came in with uh, the PS4, and that kind of bummed me out. Right. I was like, oh, man, that's that was one of the things that had that PlayStation had over Xbox because Xbox, the, the Xbox was Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. You always had to pay, right? Yeah, yeah. But not not with PlayStation. You could play with your friends online and stuff like that, and and not have to worry about having a subscription. But now you do, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, game was it Game Pass? They released the everything that's gonna come to Game Pass in the next twelve months. Yeah. And, uh, for those of for those of you who have an Xbox, <laughs> uh, you could get excited, but for me, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I what event was it? It was the Bethesda Xbox Showcase, the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, which was on Sunday, and uh, yeah, they gave you the little graphic. Yeah, look at the twelve months of games, and the majority of these games, not to you know, call crap, but uh, they're multi-platform. Crap. So they're gonna come crap. to PlayStation. It's <laughs> something. Crap. Some sets. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the list of all these games that they they're, they're um, promoting coming to Game Pass, but it it seems like they're very you know niche games. Mm. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's, it's something like the casual gamer can can take advantage. Like we saw, was it Warhammer Four Thousand? We saw was it Four Thousand? Shit. Yeah, Forty K. Uh, I blah, think. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. League of Legends was There's, one. Yeah, uh, fucking Halo. That, that could be like a casual gamer thing. League of Legends. It's, it's like, it's very... You had to have some sort of investment in prior games to be able to want to play the, the games that they're that they're um, bringing to uh, the Game Pass. Yeah. Which which is like, it's fine, you know. I'm pretty sure like the, the avid gamer, the hardcore gamer is already into them. But for like a casual gamer, which is what I am now, it, it doesn't really attract me as much you know like i was i was going through um all the playstation plus uh titles Mm. and a lot of them are crap i'm not gonna lie a lot (laughs) of them are like (laughs) or like who would play this game and why are you charging fucking 40 dollars for it (laughs) yeah it's uh at at least for game pass it's they're they're fairly recent games like a majority of these are going to be day one passes but when it comes to the playstation tier ones it's uh i i don't i don't really care much for uh for those backwards compatible games you know like I, I like to look forward. Really? Yeah, I do. Like I have fond memories of PlayStation, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three era sort of deal. Maybe uh, PSP, but I don't really uh, like. Oh yeah, let's go play this PlayStation Two game where I have like say Final Fantasy VII remake, which has better graphics, you know, better uh, yeah. game mechanics. They're sitting like next to me, kind of deal. Yeah, but in in a world where all we're getting is you know reboots and remakes. Mm. And even in in the video game aspect, you know, we saw the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 launch trailer that came out. But by all intents and purposes, they're, you know, pale uh, impersonations of the original games. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to go back and be like, hey, look, there's God of War, the first one. Not saying that the the current God of War is is a pale impersonation, but it's like it's still there for you to play, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I see the appeal, right? I see the idea like, oh, let's go back to my childhood or let's just try this when it was simpler. Where it was just gore, guts, and mayhem, and or just kind of uh, heavier storylines, but also I, uh, I, I can like there's some gaming 
features like autosave or something like that or uh you know being able to mess around with your hud or maybe the sound or even some gameplay mechanics that i'm just too used to to go back like i i'm <laughs> I, i'm into the whole uh the the not the spectacle of it but the you know the the type of game to go back and just kind of the novelty of it yeah right but in all intents i'd rather say ragnarok comes out and i have access to all of the god of wars i'm going to be choosing ragnarok well yeah because it's it's new and shiny but yeah. once you're you know past the the highest gone <laughs> the highest gone and you say hey look let me i do i want to play god of war ragnarok or do i want to play you know god of war 2 yeah which was an even crazier storyline yeah or yeah do i want to play the new call of duty or do, or do do i want to go back and play god, call of duty world at war or something you know something where it's like it's a lot better than what the current shit that they're putting out today yeah yeah and it, it kind of feeds back into the them making reboots because they're trying to capture that same feeling that we do yeah. when we go to past games like i would i'd go crazy if they made a reboot of Killzone for uh, like the original one like yeah we're gonna remake it and we're gonna update it you know not just a uh, a revamp in graphics but you know narrative we narratively uh gameplay wise i'd go crazy i mean they're doing it for dead space and i love dead space yeah the kill zone would be an, an, an actually interest one interesting one just because like the, the the world is already built and you don't necessarily have to go back and redo the the story from the first three you could do and make like a a a parallel story you know akin to like what the halo tv series is doing uh with their with their show right right something where it gives you more liberties or it gives you the you could implement today's game style of gameplay and the graphics into into the kill zone world but not necessarily you know redo the original yeah yeah but you know the whole the whole aim to make a franchise again and if they, yeah. they they'll, they'll because they do it they're doing it with final fantasy 7 which arguably came out in the 90s like it they basically said oh these are the original storylines we're going to change it up and it's the same with the resident evils there's going to be a remake of resident evil like there's a remake for resident evil 2 and then 3 which does not resemble the original its original source material yeah, but games that had came out, you know, like in the in the nineties, in the, at the very beginning of like this uh, video game era, where it's you know first person shooter or narrative driven stories, where the graphics didn't necessarily you know stand up to the test of time, where mm -hmm. I, I could see that where they would want to like remaster it or something, yeah, so that it brings it into today's into to, into to, today's standard of what is a good video game so i'm actually not that against doing something like that mm -hmm. but if it's a game that came out you know in the past 10 years or so and they're like hey let's redo it you're like wait what what's the point of that <laughs> yeah it's the same with uh like dead space dead space came out in 360 era and they're making yeah. a reboot of it but they're like they're upping the graphics they're changing it and i i believe they're keeping the same storylines uh as well but also, they kind of ran the franchise to the ground <laughs> when the Dead Space <laughs> 3. So it's a perfect opportunity to kind of, you know, retcon some of things. And I would love to see Killzone, you know, updated graphically, you know, those conventions. But also brought into more contemporary narratively. Because, like, let's face it, we don't really get a, a straight narrative at Killzone. I, I can think the world was it spoke as much as uh, the game did. You know exploring the cities and exploring uh these uh battlefields and stuff like that but there wasn't really 
a narrative per se until the second one and then the third one. And even though that, that was reaching with Rico, right? We didn't even talk about Rico yeah. in the first one, but he's like a main character in the uh, going the forward. The second and, and third the one. The second yeah. third one, right? Even Templar we don't talk about. <laughs> Templar <laughs> or uh, the ex-girlfriend of, of what does, I forget her name, but she was like CIA and uh, the Hellgas Defector. We don't really talk yeah. about them anymore. I don't even remember their names, to be honest, other than Rico, because he was uh, in the... Such a uh, dick. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I love that they stayed true with the character, though, and I'd love to see that in a uh, in a more updated graphical. Yeah, did you play the, the fourth one that came out in the PS4 era, the Shadowfall or something like that? Oh, Shadow... yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was like one of the games that I when I got a PS4, I was like, Killzone. <laughs> like, all of them. Yeah, I think they had a collection. And I was like, all of them. <laughs> I want all of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that would be... And now that we're getting a whole bunch of, um, you know, video game properties turned into TV series, Killzone would be a perfect one to do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have what? We have uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I think, is for Netflix. And then we have Last of Us, which is for Amazon. I could be wrong. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, you're right. Halo for Paramount. Ha- Halo for Paramount. Exactly. And God I, of War is coming to Amazon. Well, God of War. I think that's what... Yeah, God of War. Yeah. And then, like, Killzone would be fantastic. I feel like PlayStation yeah. is uh, has that one up with Microsoft, against Microsoft, making their games into uh, properties. Because you had Uncharted a couple years back, or a year back, and that's based on a yeah, uh, PlayStation property. Yeah, plus it's also Sony already makes movies, mm. so they they don't have to build that infrastructure like Microsoft would have to. Definitely, they can just or, pivot. Or, yeah, or farm out the properties. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see uh, Screen Gems <laughs> making, a, <laughs> making a Killzone uh, movie, and a Killzone movie is, uh, I mean, the narrative speaks for itself. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, we got news on the God of War release, an update on God of War Ragnarok release, which is kind of getting me a little bit worried. Yeah? Yeah. Because it, it it seems like they're rushing to meet the deadline. Yeah. And I would rather them have it, uh, the, the game be delayed so that when it's finally out, it's as complete as it could possibly be. Right. Well, did it get delayed once already? It did. Right. It was supposed to come out in September, but it got pushed back to November. Right, right. So, uh, by all intents and purposes, it's it's sounding like they're going to meet the, the November deadline, but I'm just thinking, uh, at what cost? Is it going to be like a, a Fallout 76 on our hands? Probably not that bad. But. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, will it be playable? <laughs> just... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's worrying. It's, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm, I'm halfly worried about it, but I'm I'm also uh, fairly opti- blindly optimistic about it because it's just got a war. Yeah, yeah. It's the company that makes uh, what is yeah. what it's. Oh gosh, I, I'm, Santa Monica. Sa- Santa Monica. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, especially when it comes to let's see. The thing is, I I trust first party games on Sony's side more than I trust Xbox's side. Just because the the quality of game uh, feels like they've they use their time wisely than uh, yeah. Xbox, you know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Yeah, like you wanna you wanna compare um, you know first person story driven games, and PlayStation obviously has an upper hand on on over Xbox. Yeah. They they you know they in in the same year uh, amount of time where, where they've released God of War, they have what five games. 
and you know two mini games for PSP. Mm-hmm. And you look at Halo. How many Halo games? There's what seven or yeah. eight. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And they they vary in terms of narrative, but like like Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, and it's a God of War, God of War Ragnarok. I'm uh, I'm very skeptical. Like you said, there's always that uh, feeling, but also. Uh, I feel like yeah, if any company can you know iron out the details, it's a uh, it's them. Yeah, what? Yeah, I'm uh, like the fears I have are mainly just because if something is going all too well, that's you, what's you wrong. Kind of get yeah, you kind of get this feeling of like what's wrong, right? What's, what's why? What's what's happening? That's fair. But that's a fair reaction. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I like like you like you said I'm. 100% confident that if, if there's ever going to be a, a developing company to be able to pull it off, it's going to be Santa Monica just because they have a near-perfect track record on the God of War games. <laughs> Even saying that makes me nervous. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, There's game companies where they had, like CD Projekt Red, right? They had a fairly perfect record, and then Cyberpunk came out. <laughs> and then, so, But is it was Cyberpunk, uh, you know just a bad game or was it a product of rushing an unfinished or releasing an unfinished both Both. yeah because it was fairly ambitious right and to some extent ragnarok is but ragnarok like the first complaint i heard when i saw gameplay was oh it looks like the first one and that kind of got me like oh no shit yeah but that got me like (laughs) okay cool it'll look graphically the same then (laughs) so so that i feel like that will save a lot of time you know using the same engine using the same graphics and stuff like that and uh, you can, you know, uh, take the narrative in different heights. Like, I heard another complaint was like, oh, it's the same location. Like, what do you think? They moved? <laughs> like, It's the same location, but it looks dope as fuck. Right. It's frozen over. Right. But th- that's just the starter, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. all we know is that that was, but the, just the complaint that, oh, it's in, it's in the same house. Like, what do you think? Did they, did they go somewhere else? <laughs> they didn't move. Wait, it's the same characters? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the same axe? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. See, my, my main gripe with the God of War games was that it was, you know, God of War 1, 2, and 3 mm. were supposed to be, you know, back-to-back stories. Right. But it made you, like, once you finish the first one... It, you, it made you start the second one basically at zero. <laughs> Which right. I was like, wait, why? I just went, you know, spent five hours finishing this game, getting everything upgraded to the max. Uh-huh. Why not just have it be that and then build upon upon what I already have? Why have me start off to, from zero? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a very that's a very video game excuse. It, it, not in a bad <laughs> way, but yeah, no, you're right. Like Samus. Like, yeah. Samus, you know, the greatest bounty hunter in the, in the Nintendo world, trips on a rock, and then she loses her powers, right? And then yeah. and then this happens all the time. <laughs> like, in every iteration, <laughs> you have to chase down your upgrades. But, exactly. But when it comes to Ragnarok, I do see them taking an angle with, like, he, you're there. You're, you're overpowered, but they're, even narrative-wise, there are new threats that you need to upgrade to find those to fight those threats but at all intents and purposes you're that character that finished the first god of war yeah which is it's just like you have all these upgrades already but the villains you're going to encounter are essentially going to be power useless yeah so what you have to do is go out there and improve your weapons find better skills and stuff like that to be able to adapt to the current uh, crop of enemies yeah which is i feel like you know they they got they kind of copped out on it being having to like actually build upon that from the you know second and third one because mm-hmm. he died <laughs> technically right so right so you had to escape hell right 
So, like, seeing... And, and I hope they also, like, when you get the Winds of Hell... Mm-hmm. I hope actually they actually make that like more useful than it actually was. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, because it looks cool, so why not? Yeah, yeah. I hope the I hope they pushing it back is like we want to do some creative touches. You know, like we yeah. have the game finished and ready to go, but we want to do some creative, you know, uh, graphics or maybe some scenes that we uh, we're doing in post production. Oh, not production, pre production. Uh, yeah. I I don't know about you, but do you low key want a uh, a QTE event, like a sexy time QTE event, <laughs> or that just that doesn't fit the narrative nowadays? I mean, that was like one of the big parts of the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But... I guess it doesn't fit the narrative anymore. Yeah, that's fair. You're, you're a family man. <laughs> you're oh, Kratos <laughs> is a married man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. I, I um, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, um, they also re- we talked a little bit about this, but they also released the 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 Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare Two launch trailer. Right. And they re- they released like a full mission, right? The gameplay for a full mission. Yeah, they did. They did. What did you think? Oh, I was, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was very bored. Uh, yeah. I was very, I don't know what's going on with me. Usually I'm really into these, like, especially mod, Call of Duty, you know, just storming the yeah. beaches of Normandy. I can do that 17 times, you know, uh, but when it came to the gameplay trailer, it felt so tiring and like I've seen it before, it's it's a mission that we've played before. It's a little more immersive. Like the AI seems like they're they're not just wandering around to get shot. They're actually you know forming up, taking cover, um, you know, using their <laughs> guns. But yeah. it it felt like I I'm all tactical out, tactical tactical out, and like the military jargon. Just I I feel I'm over it, and I need something new. Something new. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I, immediately after finishing watching the trailer, the launch trailer, I went back and watched the launch trailer for the original Modern Warfare 2. Uh-huh. And it just looks so much more dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, even the song that they use, the, the choice of songs that they use, it's like in this one, in the new one, they use a Metallica song. And then in the other one, they use uh, Till I Collapse by Eminem. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot more like... If it gives you that sense, it's like it's a perfect workout song. If you, if you're because it, it gives you the sense of like urgency, right? It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna fucking stop. Fuck that. I'm better than y'all, man. I'm gonna fuck you guys up. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't get the sense of, of that in in this trailer. And then I saw like a first minute of the of the the gameplay of the gameplay footage, and I was like, oh, how are you going to like? How can you take the one of the more dynamic and anticipated games of a decade and make it turn it to this? Yeah, it's it, it's very uh, insulting. Like when it, I played Vanguard and I played it for about I beat the campaign in like eight hours or so and then I returned it, and I, I was just like they 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 marketed it as like oh you can go you know all four fronts for the first time like oh I'm hyped for that World War Two I'm in and then it, it's like nothing like that at all and I feel like it's the same way with this game. It, it's I feel like it's just you know the greatest hits of modern warfare. And then yeah, let's go into Warzone, and you know, spend money, <laughs> and that, that's that's what I feel like. I've lost my trust with uh, Call, of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah, and not just you know Infinity Ward, but all of them: Sledgehammer, uh, Treyarch, and Infinity Ward. Yeah, but now these are basically going to be exclusive to Xbox, right? Yeah, uh, to some extent, like they're going to finish the slate that are 
for multi-console in a PlayStation. Uh -huh. But after that, we don't know when. They're just going to, like, stop at some point. Okay. Which well, I, don't, I don't mind. I mean, I don't... I, I honestly don't really... I don't care as much as I did, like... I like Modern Warfare 3 with the Russians attacking, right? That's a when the, Rus the Russians invading, invading New York. Invading New York, right? Oh wait, what's the one where they're invading suburbia? Is that the second one? Modern Warfare That's the second one. Yeah, Modern yeah. Warfare 2. Nothing is gonna like top that. Looking up into the sky and seeing all of the Russian paratroopers jumping out. Yeah. Like, and as grounded as you want to make a game, I don't like. I Call of Duty. Uh, when uh, you know, when Infinity Ward left Mo uh, Medal of Honor. You know, to make more of those actiony movie type kind of games, it's like that. That was awesome because you had these narratives branching out, and you have all of these, uh, you know, uh, cinematic scenes that you wouldn't usually see in a tactical shooter. But nowadays, this kind of modern warfare feels very uh, shrunk down and like, like okay, that's did, cool. <laughs> like, did you play the first one? Uh, yeah, I played all you of them. Did. The, you did. So the the one that the reboot that came out a, a couple of years ago, the first one. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I played the first one, and that was a. It was very grounded too. Like I did like the approaches they took, but it, again, it just like it. It felt like that was the novelty of it, and then it ended, and then you played Warzone, <laughs> or zombies. Yeah, it feels like they're they're you know catering to nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Because as I was watching the trailer, even though I wasn't like really feeling it, there was when they would mention, oh, one for one. It's like, oh, fuck, man. And then I see soap. I'm like, no, soap. And then, yeah, like, <laughs> here's Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, Which is yeah. It's cool, but it's like, uh, do, do we really need another, you know, modern warfare? Yeah. But the thing is with that one, you're soap. But now here it's mm -hmm. like, you're exactly, you're the fanboy. <laughs> Right, yeah. you're the ones looking at all these characters, and the only really reason why you know these characters is because of another game that hyped them up. But now it's like, oh, we killed them. <laughs> Let's bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we fucked up in killing all the the more popular characters. We got to bring them back. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, it is nostalgia, and it's insulting because it it's gonna make money. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that that 2009 that 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 fall as um, Call of Duty was Modern Warfare 2 was coming out. I remember the anticipation having like fuck, it's almost here. Right. But now it just feels like it's watered down. It's like when they announced. I remember when they announced the the um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare One for the the new the new gen consoles. Mm. I was like, wait, what? Well, that's <laughs> exciting. But then I I saw it and then I saw some of the gameplay and I was like, wait, this isn't. I thought they were gonna like. You know, continue the story or so in or one way. You know, find figure out a way to do so. Yeah. But no, it's essentially they rebooted the 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 franchise and it's got it's Modern Warfare in name only. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So let me so, ask you this: Do you yeah. think that there, especially when it comes to gamers, do you think there's a narrative divide? Because from where we played games, right? We played the ones that are aren't as narratively driven, like God of War, right? There, there's lore to it, but it's not really the focus like, say, God of War now. Yeah. But now you see games like Modern Warfare and you look at the narrative of the previous iterations. Do you ever feel like like our, our when we played those games, that's the narrative high. And nowadays it feels like they're just kind of watered down sequels, reboots, remakes of what they were trying to capture before. Well, I think it's a, it's a generational, you know, there's mm. there's a generational shift with uh, gamers, like, 
when we were uh, growing up playing video games, you could always hear, you know, like the little kids saying horrible shit to you as, <laughs> as it killed you, like for the twentieth time in the in the game. Right. But you guys played and understood that you were playing the same game, mm. and then now with uh, the the you know introduction of the battle royale-esque games and you know they make them more colorful and less violent in a sense to be able to attract you know that younger that younger uh, player mm-hmm. you like uh what's that one stupid game that everybody plays fortnite, uh, fortnite exactly <laughs> you read my mind and that game is like specifically catered for children mm. and it's a, a video game where you kill people yeah yeah, no blood though. You know, you know, just yeah, no blood. They introduced dance moves and like all this stupid shit to be able to to con- like keep the attention of of a player that back in the day where it was like ten v ten v ten and go do you. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same, you know. Now that they have to build fortresses and they have to dance and all this stupid <laughs> shit that they do now. So I feel like it's it's more of a generational gap. Yeah. You know, like those of us who played games, you know, 15, 20 years ago, kind of matured a bit. Mm-hmm. That's why we like the the narrative driven games that, you know, like God of War, you, you, the first three weren't as open world or, or you know, side questy like the current one is, but you still had like this really good and epic story. Right, right. So it planted the seeds for when the new God of War came out. You were just immediately blown away about how they incorporated this awesome epic story with this awesome epic gameplay and making it open world. Yeah, yeah, it feels like God of War aged with us. Exactly. And it's like you have Kratos, who's you know has a family, his wife died, and he's very grizzled. It feels like that's that's where we should be at that point. Not you know dead wife, but uh, <laughs> you know grizzled and kind of jaded to a degree, but also you know remembering those fond moments with him. Yeah, I definitely yeah. can see what direction you're coming. So it's it's an interesting where we are, where they're still trying to cater video games for our generation. Yeah. But it's it's like kind of masked within the, the 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 aspects of what the the newer generation likes with a, with with video games yeah yeah exactly when it, especially when it came to vanguard vanguard was like you know four can even you you're excited about it like four campaigns you know four fronts you could go to the german russian you know all that stuff that begrudgingly caught me i was like oh that's awesome and then when i played i was like oh you're using it as a springboard for you know the multiplayer and the warzone aspects so Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 has me very skeptically optimistic, or just skeptical in general, because at least the first one did have those narrative beats, but I'm not, I'm just looking at like an eight-hour game <laughs> compared to <laughs> yeah. something just to, you know, get a quick hit, and then, yeah, you can go into Warzone, or play these, or blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, like, what the state of video games is going to be ten years from now. Yeah. A lot of dancing, like, I tell you that. A lot of dancing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's that's the one thing I fucking hate. Like, I was playing um, Call of Duty Mobile on my phone, uh. and when I first started playing, and then like when when you're um at post match when you're you know you're presented as the leaderboard and stuff like that, and then you have like a special move that you could do. It's a lot of people are have like this weird, wacky, ridiculous dance move that they did. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> So like yeah, it's, and it, it's aspect where like 
things are unlockable. So you try to strive for it. Right, right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, we have a lot of uh, movie, movie, TV show news to discuss. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start off with Thor? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So Thor Love and Thunder comes out in a couple of weeks. I already have my tickets. Woo! Yeah. Um, you too. <laughs> but it was it kind of made like a little waves because it, it was revealed that it's going to be a relatively short runtime. Yeah. You know, in, in an era where movies are pushing, you know, three hours, they decided to make this movie a barely two hours. It's like a it's like an hour and fifty minutes or something, not including, or it doesn't specify if it includes um, credits or not. Yeah, Does, how do you feel about that? Does that make you nervous? Okay. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like especially like in a movie where Love and Thunder were supposed to be like the setup for what's gonna happen to Thor. <laughs> Sounds familiar. If, if, yeah, it feels like it's. Are you gonna have enough time to fully flush out your story? Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm there with you. It seems like two hours. It feels like it's a safety. You know, like being in film, you always want to have that safety. And uh, having that amount of time feels like, oh, yeah, that feels well-rounded. Yeah. Like, if if this was, like, a, a comedy, a horror movie, or any other type of genre of film, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it, you know, because, like, there's no ne- need for, you know, a horror movie to be two and a half hours long. Right. <laughs> but but because this is, a, this is a movie that fits into a greater structure, I'm kind of, like... Uh, are you going to be able to actually pull off with what you're, what you're trying to pull off with the amount of time that that you've been uh, allotted yeah I'm, I'm hoping the first act because it's the fourth movie in the thor right so i feel like we're all familiar with thor at this point and i'm, I'm hoping they don't muck about you know in act one and they just go straight into it to warrant that short runtime. yeah it, it's kind of like um like the uh spider-man film where it's mm. like they everybody came in understanding what was happening, what the state of the characters were, and they hit the ground running, but it still had them like for two and a half hours, you know? Right, right, exactly, exactly. So I'm hoping Thor uh, has that degree, and it's Taika Waititi. Yeah, it's not that I don't trust him. Yeah, which is a huge plus. He's 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 really up there as one of my favorite directors at this point. Yeah, more, more most definitely of like a modern director. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I just uh, like d- just Jojo Rabbit like hit so oh hard. <laughs> just, you know those <laughs> films, and then I, I watched his other film with uh, what you do in the shadows. You know, with the shoestring budget, he he quadrupled uh, his uh, how much he got in the box office. Just he's 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 uh, and his humor. He's like yeah. his dark humor. Just like I remember in Ragnarok, where Hulk tries to jumps off the the ship. And he thinks he's gonna change in midair, and he just face plants, and like, and everyone's like, "Is he dead?" And even even the giant wolf like patted him down, like he's he's dead. Yes. It's like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead, and it's just that kind of humor. Uh, I'm excited for in uh, in Love and Thunder. Yeah, it would, it's also exciting because like Taika is gonna be in charge of the new uh, Star Wars image. That's right. Yeah, more dark humor. Which is. Yeah, which is like again exciting because the we we really love and enjoy the way uh, Taika Waititi makes his his films, his characters. But I feel like wouldn't it have been better if we just gave it to Jean Favreau, Dave Fellaini? Like they've already re- completely reimagined and reinvigorized 
the Star Wars universe, why not have them be in charge of a film? See, uh, I, oh gosh, it's, it's it's such a paradox, right? Uh, yeah. You're you're right, absolutely. I would love to see a Dave Filoni or a John Favreau take uh, the Star Wars franchise to new directions, but I I am very I I know what they'll give us. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I I know that. So you want to be surprised? Yeah, what? no, exactly. That's exactly because John Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni, they, they're very aware of the Star Wars property, right? So they know yeah. our our spots, if you know what I mean. You know, they know what kind of characters to show us, what kind of uh, um, narrative threads to follow. And if yeah. if you give something like say Taika Waititi a narrative like he did with Thor. He's gonna take it in a direction that is firmly rooted within Star Wars, right? Don't, like same as Thor was to some extent, but also take it in a direction that we never expected it to take. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, it's like it's trying to establish a new set of characters and a new set of world within the the realm of Star Wars is gonna be its own fucking challenge, right? Definitely, definitely. So, yeah. and especially now that they're 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 they've borrowed from you know canon and non-canon uh, properties within the Star Wars universe. It's like, why not have it be like a Knights of the Old Republic film? Yeah. You know, make make three of that instead of having, having like the tasks to completely rebuild Star Wars from the ground up in an essence. Yeah, it's, it, it's hard, right? Especially when it comes to Star Wars. You want it to be yeah. new, but you also want it to play in the same sandbox. Like, you want to introduce new characters, but you also want to kind of expand where they, where they are in the narrative of the grand scheme of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, from what, from what I've read in the article, like, he, Taika knows that. Right? He, he knows that we have, there's a certain amount of presets <laughs> that you have to do when you, when you play with the Star Wars properties, but also uh, expanded enough to have room to develop. Like, Especially coming off the sequel trilogy, I would love a Knights of the Old Republic. But even when that game came out, it, it was essentially Star Wars ten thousand ten thousand years before, right? It was the yeah. same narrative beat, the Chosen One, the Dark Side. You know, like it, it it seems like they follow the same beats of Star Wars, even though the setting is different. So, uh, but that, yeah. that's also you you could you could like make the argument was like what movie doesn't because like the archetypes exist for a reason. That's true, and you're, you're absolutely right. But within the the sphere of Star Wars, it, it, even with the EU, I think Palpatine came back as a clone, and in the sequel, he, he came back as a clone. And in the EU, they were relatively free to do whatever they wanted, and that's what the fandom chose to do <laughs> to make him a clone. So it's kind of like a, it's a, it's it's hard to play around with a narrative that is so uh, so like hero's journey esque, but also so that it doesn't mirror. The movies that the properties that came before, if you know what I mean, like Force Awakens and New Hope, right? That was yeah. the biggest complaint was, oh, it, it was essentially the same movie, even though the narrative beats were different. And Knights of the Old Republic was kind of like the same idea of the original Star Wars, but the same narrative beats. But when it comes to Taika or whatever he wants to do, it seems like it will be the same narrative beats, but at least it will introduce like newer characters that aren't aren't tied to anything else, like Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, so, okay, so, yeah. talking about, like, uh, extended universe in the, the Star Wars verse, mm-hmm. how about you take a video game like The Force Unleashed, which mm-hmm. was focusing on, like, Vader trying to find his people, right? Yeah. Why not have, a, 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 make a series of Star Wars films only focusing on the rise of the, the Sith? See, oh, the rise of the Sith or the rise of the Rebellion, or... 
Rise of the Sith. The Rise of the Sith. Yeah, it's um, yeah. gosh, they they're making comics for that. They're they're yeah, yeah I, I I know. I sit down in a theater. You know? I, no, I I have, I'm absolutely there with you. I love to see something visually. That's something you know you have to do homework for. But it's uh, what, what how many years is it from Revenge to New Hope? Fifteen years. Yeah, no, I would say like 20, 25, 20 yeah, like yeah, and, and the majority of that time was like the dark times, and like the comics and even the animated TV shows. I feel like that uh, is is very niche, you know, like yeah. like Vader having an apprentice will blow people's minds. To be not like you, so the, an animated aspect or a comic book, I could see that happening, right? Just because you know the demographic that follows the comics and the the, the cartoons, but in a live yeah. action aspect, I don't see that happening. Just because it's uh, it's hard to grasp, you know. <laughs> I feel like movies are more broad than uh, like say a comic book or an animated, and you don't watch the animated stuff, but no, they explore but narrative like... lines that you you can't do it in the movies. Yeah, I mean, obviously, animation is is a is a medium that it gives you a lot of, a lot of liberties to be able to pursue uh, stuff that you couldn't be able to do necessarily couldn't be able to do what twenty years ago in live action. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Sith, like the the whole evil of the Empire of the like those who pursue the dark side of the of the Force, has always been something hearsay by like the good guys of the story. Yeah, or yeah. what we perceive to be the good guys of the story. So I would like to have a a an aspect of film or something trilogy exploring that side. Yeah, yeah, it's you know uh, like yeah. There was a, um, a comedian Jeff Jeffries. He had a joke a real long time ago talking about how like uh, the Bible talks talks all this shit about the the devil, but as far as you know, the devil doesn't have a book. So <laughs> it's all like a one a one sided argument. Right, know? right, yeah. When you watched Obi Wan, the Obi Wan show, it's ex- it's exactly that. I mean, you have the Inquisitors. Yeah, like that's, but it, those it's are still it's uh-huh. it's still like the Inquisitors and, and Vader. It, that's something that's already been established. I want to see something that's like you know they're forming. You know, one side, you know, whatever brothers or something, pair of twins. One decided to be a Jedi, and the other one's like, hey, maybe there's something something to this about the, the dark side of the Force. You know, like the first Sith Lord or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's I feel like that's what Taika wants to do. It wants to it wants it to be within not the you know the playground of Star Wars broadly, but not inherently connected to it. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be Darth Vader's. It could be someone like you said, two brothers on a planet. Uh, they're ostracized because they have some sort of force of ability, so we don't know anything about it, right? So that yeah. that, that can be something that you can expand in new characters, but obviously you have the elements of Star Wars. You have the Force, you know. You have the dark side, the light side. You have a, a war in the stars. There's some sort of conflict going on in the background that has a duel of the fates or something like that. Like those elements, I feel you can, with Taika or at least anyone who's gonna expand upon, can take an opportunity to take it from a different perspective than what John Favreau and like Dave Filoni do because they know exactly what you want to do and they'll do exactly that. They'll make like the Inquisitors, which are essentially Darth Vader's apprentices. Yeah. Right. Or something or the Mandalorians, which is obviously for Boba Fett, right? To fill that yeah. void that people love Boba Fett, but, and then they introduced Boba Fett, but they expanded upon him when he got killed. Right. And then even though that fans didn't really like, cause they wanted to see what it was in the comics. So it's very, yeah. it's very, uh, when you play around, I like to think that the sequel trilogy was dead on arrival 
when they tied themselves to the original trilogy. You know, when you bring those legacy characters, those uh, people, you know, from the uh, previous movies, then there's a comparisons. But I would like to see, like you said, just like 50 years after <laughs> or something like that or some <laughs> sort of a, in a timeline that would be believable. Yeah, with, without a doubt. It's something that I like. I'm all for expanding the universe into Star Wars, you know, like um, not to you know bring this the source, the source spot up, but like Ruin Johnson. Mm. Is what he was he was trying to do, but <laughs> what what where he failed was that he was trying to do it within the story, uh, uh, that we were you know hoping to see a, a good conclusion to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's something where it, like he should have, you know, stuck with what was the story that was being that was built upon from Force Awakens, continue that, and then he had already had his tr- trilogy like set right. So yeah. then when his when it was his time to do his trilogy, introduce new characters, introduce the wacky fucking shit that you wanted to do, <laughs> the casino planet with whatever the fuck you know was happening. Yeah, the, the alien with the big no. boobas. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's cool now that we have the 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 streaming services to the point that they are now. You know, like especially because there are studios, the ones who are in charge of the. They have their own streaming services. They have the ability to, like, what Disney Plus is doing. You know, they have a one-side Marvel. They have so many uh, TV shows that are expanding the universe. And and then and Star Wars, they have so many shows that are, are expanding that universe. Yeah. So I feel like when they first announced that Disney was going to acquire Di- uh, Lucasfilm back in 2012, fuck, 10 years ago now, shit. <laughs> just, I just put that together. Oh, jeez. Um, if if the state of streaming was at this point, maybe we wouldn't have even gotten this, the the continuation of the 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 Skywalker saga. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like the climate nowadays. It feels it's so lucky, right? Like who would have yeah. thought a virus would you know wipe us for two years and which allowed streaming to essentially proliferate and expand. Yeah. But I mean, it's still the, the the big downside is that there's so many streaming services. <laughs> yeah, they they caught yeah, up with us. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, another thing that that's coming to Disney Plus uh, that's in the work it's Wonder Man. Wonder Man. <laughs> yeah, which is like, uh, wait, what? Yeah. Wonder Man? How? How the fuck? It, it's like it's like so out there. Or if if they would have announced like they're gonna do a Howard the Duck. A Disney Plus TV show, I would have been like, oh yeah, man, right on. I'm all for Howard the Duck, but Wonder Man, that kind of came out of the left field, don't you think? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't even know who that is. I don't even, like, uh, when I read his lore a bit from the article, I was like, really? And they want it to be a very meta commentary on Hollywood? It seems odd. Yeah, like, I, I have heard the name Wonder Man, you know, be bounced around here and there, uh-huh. but it's not a character that I'm, like, 100% familiar with, or even 10% familiar with, so I, I did have to do my little bit of research, but it, it kind of feels like they're, what they want to do is have, like, that backstory of the, the or the, the WandaVision, like, that's that story to be a lot more... Um, the, like the effects of that to reverberate a lot more throughout the MCU. Right, right. So, like, whatever. You know what? I'm all for it. You got they as long as they do a decent accent, a decent, um, 
<laughs> job on this. See, like I can't even I can't even finish my train of thought because Wonder Man is so out of left. Just like, but the Wonder Man, the Wonder Man fans, man, like they're gonna want yeah. a you know honest interpretation of this comic book character that happened in the nineties or maybe. The one dude out there is championing that's championing Wonder Man. Like, don't mess uh, this up. <laughs> but but it's it's interesting, right? It's interesting in the aspect of how they're they have so many characters to choose from and they're now they're not being uh now they're more open to you know dipping into like the, those unknowns yeah yeah i feel like this year uh this phase or whatever is uh is, it's the experimental phase you know it, it's the time where you can and the mcu is fairly high up there with the comic book films right they're uh, they're arguably the highest right so they they, yeah. they have room to you know, make Wonder Man, right? Or make, you know, She-Hulk attorney <laughs> at law, which is basically her yeah. just thirsting after everybody. So it's like, yeah. it feels like there's enough room to expand and see, hey, maybe this works, maybe this doesn't work. And then next year, yeah, let's do serious time now. Yeah, what did you think about the She-Hulk trailer? Oh, um, I really, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I I know the uh, the CGI I didn't catch up on because you know with me CGI unless it's very yeah. blatant, like it it takes me off of the narrative, then I'll notice it. But I I just it's so weird. <laughs> it's like <laughs> him or her. Uh, my favorite scene in the trailer is her carrying the dude, and yeah. the dude's like oh like just starstruck, <laughs> and I'm just like like that's uh, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, that makes one of us. <laughs> really? Is it? Is it like, like a like, uh, like really kind of deal for you, or what do you mean? Well, it 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 reminded me of the Wonder Woman pilot that came out a few years ago. Oh, where it's like uh-huh. very. She's she's not the Wonder Woman we know, like this big badass uh-huh. uh, Amazonian warrior. She was like this uh, company, like the CEO of a company that made to- Wonder Woman toys. Right, right. And like she was concerned about like what boys thought of her. Thought of her it was like it's very dumbing down the character. Ah. Uh. And I got a little bit of that sense with the with this trailer. I know it's Marvel, and I know it's like the they're gonna pretty much you know do whatever the best representation they could possibly can uh-huh. with the character. But the trailer gave me that feeling, especially like when she was worried about what guys would think about her. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know much about She-Hulk, but I feel I think yeah. that's exactly her comic. Is it? Yeah, that's just her uh, like trying to live her life as a superhero, even though she can't turn off her. You know, mm. at least Banner can, right? Well, at least I don't know Banner now in the proper MCU, but at least Banner could, you know, t- turn back into a human. But I think She-Hulk can't, or at least she, she uh, it, it it happens more because she uh, she retains her personality. But yeah, I'm right there with you. I was gonna say. Uh, the 90s Wonder Woman with uh, Patty Jenkins. Oh, no. Am I saying yeah. that wrong? Wait, is that the right no, one? No, Patty Jenkins is, is the, the director. director. God, I got it switched yeah. again. It's uh, 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 Linda Carter. Right? That was it, in the 70s. The 70s, thank you. Okay, Linda Carter, yeah. you know, like that kind of uh, like secretary at law and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's, it's, uh, it's very, like, archaic. Really? It's like... I, it's so archaic right yeah I, I definitely could see that but i'm also there where it's like i i used to watch i dream a genie right i dream a genie yeah. mash you know all those classic uh, uh bewitched sitcoms. yeah be 66 comes and that feeling is what i get there and that's what tickles me 
because it's it's so like out there that we haven't seen in a while and it's like oh wow they're coming back it's full circle <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> like like you said with the you know who would have thought it's it's at the time where wonder woman was selling toys you know and thinking what boys would think it's it's a weird parallel right you have she hulk and she's like she's basically on par with the hulk and she's worrying about you know human problems about finding a date and it's just it's a weird it's an interesting weird dynamic for me yeah it's 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 it just it just felt like it's out of place especially in like today's climate yeah no yeah definitely wouldn't you want to make a character especially like a a female character that it's essentially like another version of hulk be just as badass as hulk is yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be a a weird tale i'm i want to see how it goes yeah, yeah, it's you, the strange times of the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's the experimental like let's drop Molly, like it's, it's <laughs> that weird. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'm definitely there with you. All right, from one comic book, uh, comic uh, studio to the other, the DC has has had some problems. Oh no, from, to to say the least. But <laughs> all the problems that they've had have have been typically like internal mm-hmm. you know ceos not not green and what the direction of the film should be yes but now we've have a an issue or well, well, we don't they they have an issue <laughs> with one of, one of their actors well technically it's us because it affects our you know our, our movie to some degree. our viewing experience yeah yeah that's yeah yeah for those of you who don't know uh ezra miller playing the barry allen the flash in the dceu has had some has been has been in trouble with the law. Let's just put it like that. He's done some. He's he's see like that's the thing to say. He like I remember when he got arrested, when Ezra Miller got arrested, uh, automatically like the 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 officer was you could hear the trans you could hear on the on the the officer's uh, you know camera that he has on him. But you, I was reading the transcripts and the officer was trying to coerce Miller into letting the handcuffs be put on him. Right. right, but then automatically Ezra Miller started splurting. I was like, "Don't call me he, don't call me that. I'm a they, or that that shit, whatever." Yeah, and and I read a comment as somebody was saying, "Like, see what he's doing there is already trying to to turn the 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 political view to to his to Miller's agenda." Yeah, or his advantage. Like whatever to his yeah to his advantage. Whatever he's gonna do, but because they misgendered him already, he's gonna have public support. Right, which is like, is that a strategic thing that he thought of in the moment, or is that just him trying to be who he actually is? It seems like a moment thing. In it, the moment, yeah. Doesn't it sound like something like you would sprout out, like you're caught now, just throw whatever at the wall. Exactly. Yeah, but, it's like the, uh-huh. it's like the, don't you know who I am? Right. Like you, you're right, right. But the thing is, it, it's, it sucks that you're right. That there will be a certain a demo or a certain a subset of people who are like, yeah, it's all political. They're doing it because of this and doing it because of that. But if you actually see the transcript, which I also had the opportunity to read, uh, yeah. was like, he, he's caught. And now he is, you know, breaking the law. And to throw that out is, uh, you know, I don't care. You're breaking the law. <laughs> you yeah. know, that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. It's just like there, there has to be a point where... Whatever it is that your ideological beliefs 
don't um, surpass and that should be the law right if you if you actually do something that breaks the law then you could refer to yourself however you want to refer yourself but your ass is going to jail yeah you're putting your handcuff it's like the demolition man i don't know if you remember the scene where uh you know wesley snipes character is trying to get money and this he's the first like murderer for i don't know 20 years or so so it's essentially like an idyllic area era and then he's there and yeah. uh, like the cop has a, a instruction manual, like tell the suspect to put his hands up in the air. You know, have, reading a manual, and he's following the manual, and he obviously doesn't know what he's doing. And then the guy takes advantage of this and kills all of them. So like, yeah. I feel like it's not that extreme now. But you know, why are you gonna use that excuse? And like, what is the cop gonna do? Is he gonna like exactly. stop and like, like, hey, uh, I'm sorry. Here, let me put these handcuffs. And, like, no, dude, you're you're endangering people. Yeah, just shut the fuck up and <laughs> put the handcuffs and go deal with what you have to deal with. Yeah, come you know, on, like, Barry. Put your handcuffs yeah. on. <laughs> All the flash. You couldn't run away from this one. <laughs> um, which is a shame because I like his portrayal of Barry Allen. Like yeah. the, the little bit we've seen in, in the Justice League film and then Batman vs. Superman, he does come off as like this neurotic, you know, genius essentially. And that's what Barry Allen is, you know, like. I haven't seen the Flash TV show on the CW, but by all intents and purposes, uh, Grant Gustinson does a fantastic job. And even when the, mm, the yeah. first uh, reports of Ezra Miller being in trouble, there was a petition to have uh, Warner Brothers uh, recast the, the role with Grant Gustinson. Yeah, and didn't uh, Ezra Miller show up in the show? To like yeah, he did. Know, to tie in it. Yeah, so I would love to... And, it, and like let's be honest, it's... Uh, it's a DC film, so there's not really, you know... That expectation. Yeah, you know, not not in a degree of that. But, like, even The Flash is not really a main character. Like, I see that kind of acting, you know, in Wonder Woman, you know, the main... Like, Batman and Superman, but, you know, The Flash, Martian Manhunter, I don't really... I don't care as much, you know, acting-wise. So I would love yeah. to see that, the, the one who was in the TV show. Like, just kind of, like, yeah, Flashpoint Paradox, magic sort of thing. I'm The Flash now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah have it be like the flashpoint he's trying to regain his powers and he gets electrocuted and then when he heals it's grass grant <laughs> right exactly exactly <laughs> yeah that would be funny um but dc warner brothers discovery whatever you want to call it <laughs> released the trailer for black adam black adam which i'm excited for yeah you know? like black adam is one of those characters who it's like it's one of the true anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is you know, he, like, though, in this one? Well, well, in this one, I feel like it's it's, this, it's an origin film. Right. Without a doubt. It's going to have to be an origin film because like, you, you, you can't have the luxury of saying, hey, it's another Batman film, so we don't have to do an origin or Superman, <laughs> Spider-Man, whatever, because we, we've... We've already have have had different origin films for those characters. Yeah. yeah. Black Adam is a character that people may know, especially after they announced the the Rock was going to play him what ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't feel like they have a, a, a true grasp of who he is and why he he does what he does. See, in the comics, origin wise, you know, I get you, right? It's it's going to be an origin film, but I feel like the trailer builds him to be more of a hero than an anti-hero. You see, know, I got the feeling that they're giving him the choice. No, see, I still see him as a hero because I feel like, I even the JLA, it's JLA, right? 
JLA? Yeah. Yeah, the JLA feels corrupt to me. Well, the Justice Society. Oh, Justice Society. Okay, the yeah. JSA. Uh, JSA, yeah, thank you. The JSA, they feel very black and white. You know what I mean? Like, you have to yeah. be a hero and all that stuff. And Black Adam seems like, like nah. Like, th- there's the anti-hero aspect, right? He's going to kill you. But also, like, the person who was, uh, who was doing it is, uh, is going to kill other bunch of people. <laughs> So it feels like to me <laughs> yeah. that kind of cancels out the anti-hero-ness and makes him a hero in my eyes. Well, the, for him, the ends justify the means, right? Right, right. That's yeah. his big thing. And that's what the main thing for uh, for uh, anti-heroes is like, we saw Moon Knight. How many fucking people did Moon Knight end up killing? But they were all bad guys. Yeah, that that's true. But when it comes to Moon Knight, even like Deadpool, there's that hesitance. Or even Punisher. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Punisher. Yeah. The pun. There's that like that wall that you go through, and then now you know you're doing it for the good, but you're massacring people, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But when it comes to uh, Black Adam, I feel like he's in the trailer. You know, it's gonna change probably in the movie. I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. But what the vibe I'm getting is uh, that's gone. That barrier's already been crossed, and uh, we're gonna be rooting for him, and that would make him a hero rather than someone who's like. Maybe you shouldn't be, you know, ripping people's heads off, <laughs> kind of deal. Because like the trailer is a funny part where they're he's hitting him. That's I think some soldier bro is hitting him in the head, and it's yeah. like that's already rude. <laughs> and it's like, and then you're gonna go for another hit, and then he th- he throws him into the air, and he's probably dead. And it's like, yeah, you'd kind of deserve that, you know. Yeah. Or the people who just like open fire and they start shooting at him, like that's rude. <laughs> and it's like, so okay, so but then yeah. the, the 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 conversation would would change to what is a hero mm-hmm. so like you you take your classic heroes batman superman spider-man iron man they right. do what they can to save the people um to have as little casualties as they possibly can you know yeah even batman has his code of not killing people yeah and superman like he holds back on purpose because he will he will exactly. kill people <laughs> on exactly right uh, there's that there's that scene in the Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. They're fighting Darkseid, and then Superman like punches like they're getting fucked up by Darkseid, right? And then Superman mm-hmm. comes out and punches Darkseid through the building, and then as he's walking to Darkseid, Superman's like, "My whole life I held back. I was afraid I would like hurt somebody," and he's like, "But not you. You could take it, can't you?" Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking chills. But yeah. So like, yeah. if 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 a, a person saves somebody but ends up killing killing the person like the person of interest mm-hmm. does does that make them a, a hero like we see we see that in real life situations you know like hostage situations or something like that where the police the SWAT or something they have to go in and they end up killing the the dude who who was holding the the people hostage yeah we see them as heroes but for somebody that's walking around with a cape it's a, it's unacceptable for them to kill him. Yeah, it's uh, see that's a good point, right? I I want to say that that it comes with choice, right? It's it comes to uh, say uh like the hostage situation analogy you brought up. Uh, yeah. If we went in and just guns blazing, you know, we didn't even talk to the hostage guy. Uh, we just let him sit there and then we you know we headshotted him and then moved on with our lives. Uh, I I think that's what that's the different that's the, that's the fine line in terms of like the difference between hero and like an anti-hero uh well no hero a hero in general sorry just a hero in yeah general, right so because we're like when the hostage situation as much as i know i don't know if it's changed <laughs> but they they talk <laughs> to the guy and you know try to try to de-escalate the situation and, and that's the same with like say superman and spider-man and batman right to some extent 
unless they already know what you're going to do with Batman, right? Like the, the Joker's cronies, you already know you're not going to talk them down. You're just going to go in. And that's what kind of yeah. makes him uh, like a hero, but kind of like a like hero, anti-hero, but kind of leaning more towards a hero because he doesn't kill people kind of deal. It's like yeah. that, that, that blend, but, you know, Superman, he's going to talk you down. Spider-Man's definitely going to talk you down or, you know, have someone else talk you down. But when it comes to... Well, mm, well, sorry, well I was going to yeah, say, I was going to say, we saw that, that scene in BBS when uh, Lois Lane is interviewing that warlord mm. and then Superman comes in to save her. Yeah. You know, that wasn't a, a situation where you don't want to, you know, talk to try to de-escalate the, the thing. You know, he had to act. Yeah, and plus, he can probably hear it, what's yeah. going on and stuff. Like, like Jimmy just got killed. <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> just got shot. You know, like, those situations, uh, there was, there's an opera. You already kind of know the feel, like, the area. Like, you, you're not going to find good people in this kind of, uh, this kind of situ- in an environment like this. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, with you. but so when it comes to Black Adam, uh, back to the trailer, it feels like the people he he's going against are already bad people. You know, what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. then it also feels like is there going to be a point where, you know, you do decide to to uh, to cross the line, you mm-hmm. know, in 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 the sense that the ends justify the means, mm-hmm. but is there going to be a point where the line that he chooses to cross is going to be too much, too far? They're in the comic, yes, right. In the comic, he's. I feel like he's always, uh, like you know, he's. It's for the good of his area. I, I forgot the name of Al. I was. I was gonna say Carmentage, but it's not that. It's his. Uh, his city, right? Everything is his. His. Uh, his country first, because that's he's the protector of that area. So yeah. any anything for that, like he, if it would save that place, he would willingly massacre all these people if it saved his people. And it's yeah. like that's the like, that's the anti-hero aspect of it. But here in the movies, I feel like they're building him up to, like the JSA, is black and white. There's only good and bad people. But for Black Adam, there's a middle ground to it. But the thing is, the people he goes against are already horrible. You know, what I mean? like <laughs> they're already bad to begin with. There isn't that really. So the JSA is kind of right. But the, the thing is, the JSA is saying is that you don't kill them, and Black Adam does kill them. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like you know, I feel like Black Adam. It's just good to know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not racking on it. Just, just to get that out. No, I'm looking yeah. at the cast list for Black Adam and uh, the chick Harcourt from um, from uh, Peacemaker, Peacemaker is in it. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. Yeah, it's like a CIA agent, probably or something yeah. like that. Or love interest. Yeah, probably love Amanda Waller has has tried to figure out what if. If oh. she could manipulate Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I forgot. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about the connections. I honestly, <laughs> I thought she was playing a different character. No, uh, she's no. playing the same character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Media hardcore. Okay. Yeah. Oh jeez. I thought it was like a different a standalone story. Like she's playing another character. <laughs> Dude, it's it's fucking dope seeing the uh, Hawk Hawkeye Hawkman. What's his name? Hawkman. Oh Hawkman. Uh, right. Doctor Doctor Fate. Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher, right? That was Adam like Smasher. that scene where he's running and he starts off in, as a normal size, and then by the time he takes like his tenth stride, he's a giant. Yeah, <laughs> that is dope. Yeah, fucking yeah. Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. I don't think you could have uh, cast a, a more perfect person. Yeah, definitely. Like I love, I love that his acting chops is there, and then you can just like have a stunt man in the suit. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> 
it's um it's gonna be an, an interesting movie you know like the 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 anti uh Shazam character to, to be out especially like I know you you had your you have you had or you have your reservations with Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh-huh but I feel like has there ever been a person born to be a character more than him as as uh, as Black Adam? Black Adam? Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> he's, I mean, look looks aside, like the character of Black Adam feels like that's 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 what he would be. It's, yeah, it's very this this very uh, not close-minded, but this very traditional kind of black and white, you know, sort of thing. See now, it gets me. How do you feel about the Shazam two then, when they go against each other, or Shazam three, right at this point? Yeah, Shazam three. I mean, like who? Would I you... would like to see uh-huh. it just because they would have to introduce Superman. Oh right, yeah, it'll be Shazam and uh, and, Superman and Superman versus, versus Black, Black Adam. Adam. Yeah, that would that would be a cool angle. But the thing is, how like. Black Adam's obviously going to be that 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 hero, right? But we also like Shazam as well, and then Superman, of course. So how do you contrast the conflict between those two? Is it going to be like Kong versus uh, Godzilla, where um, you know what I mean? Kong versus Godzilla, and I don't know where Mecha Godzilla shows up, and that's sure, like Superman. Yeah, that's Superman, and like that's the bigger threat. But I would like, feel like maybe it's going to be of a, a there could only be one situation mm. where. You know, Black Adam um, hears that the the wizard finally chose the champion he wanted. Yeah, the one that uh, rejected the rejected Black Adam. Yeah, and then uh, so he goes off to find uh, Shazam and try to beat him to 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 prove to the wizard that he's the one and only. Yeah, see that that's so petty. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like yeah, no, I could definitely see that. No, I, I definitely see that. It's it's an interesting angle how to paint him and Shazam and Superman who are these two paragons of hope you know of innocence and yeah. uh, contrast it with Black Adam which we also see as this kind of anti-hero you know doing it for the good of his people because his son was killed yeah yeah it's it's interesting how they're going to like the next time they they decide to do a Justice League movie how they're going to incorporate all these like superhumans yeah, into ten years. into one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What do we got? What else do we got? Uh, let's let's do Joker, and then we'll finish with science. Okay. Science. 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 <laughs> uh, so Joker two. There has been a lot of rumors uh, swirled up, uh, casting rumors, and even the style of movie that it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't uh, say so, it without laughing, could you? Yeah. It it was reported earlier this week that Lady Gaga was in talks to play. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Well, not necessarily Harley Quinn, but they they said like a character that's undo- uh, uh, that's tied with with um, with the Joker, and even the uh, the title of the film is right. French for insane together or something like that. So right. mad love, huh? No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> uh, something along those lines, exactly. Yeah, yes. is what it is. <laughs> so, oh, that would have been perfect if they if they named it Joker Mad Love. Yeah, but you know, artsy indie. <laughs> yeah. And then the rumors started rumors started flowing that it, the movie's going to be a musical. Yeah. Which was like, okay, what? Why? How? No. All right, I'll see it. <laughs> These are all their emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The range of emotions started started happening. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt. Cause it's it's weird. Yes, right. A musical. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Joker, 
was a fairly trailblazing kind of superhero film that you know, it tackled, you know, these issues with, uh, with corruption and also mental health issues. So what better way to express those, men- those expand on it further and something that is level up of one higher than that, I guess? Something weirder? <laughs> something more trailblazing-ish? I mean, definitely they have that, that aspect of being unlike any other, you know, uh, superhero movie out there or comic book character movie out there where the second movie is a, is a fucking musical. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but but my thing is like, look, I'm a a, a history, uh, a film history, like, I don't want to say like buff or anything, but I appreciate it. You know, it's something where it's our roots, it's our background. Those of us who are aspiring filmmakers and storytellers. Right. And I, there are some musicals that I like, that I enjoy, uh, especially the older ones. Yeah. But I feel like in that time of, of, of the, that era of Hollywood, you know, we kind of grew out of the musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it every, uh, I forget the studio, but yeah, there's one studio. I think it was Paramount. It might be Paramount. But uh, yeah, that one studio was just cranking them out like Marvel films. And I feel yeah. like, yeah, it's, we, we, it is a phase in Hollywood that uh, is better left for either, you know, remakes of Mamma Mia or uh, <laughs> you know, every now and then you have those gems, but it's every now and then. But to see it in this, in this serious context of Joker 2, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the thing that 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 is um, troubling because musicals generally do have like this happy or you know, upbeat tempo uh, beats to them that that help uh, move the story forward. But the Joker, it, within the nature of itself, it's just so dark and depressing. Yeah. That how are you gonna make you know that into into <laughs> into a song? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um... It's the same with the Batman, right? Batman Two. It's it's gonna be hard to top it, you know, not to have that sophomore slump that the word I used that I learned today, but you know, yeah. have that sophomore slump and, like, I can I can picture a serious moment in the Joker Two, you know, uh, Harley Quinn or whoever she plays, uh, Lady Gaga, whoever she plays, you know, it's a very emotional scene. Uh, they're bonding, and I don't know where they start singing. It's just it doesn't feel like it's a good underlining tone. Especially given, like you said, the context matter. The only way I could see that, like taking your scenario, is Mm, that maybe he's having like a complete breakdown in an essence to like fuck with her. Yeah. And then she starts singing to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. To like to like sort of calm him down or something. Yeah. Or even like I'm on your side because if they start harmonizing, then it's kind of like underlining uh, undertones. Like endless love. <laughs> love. I'm crazy too. Love. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's interesting, and especially knowing that Todd Phillips uh, produced the Stars Born. Yeah. So he has like that background in it, and he already has a pre-established relationship with Lady Gaga. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not necessarily like all that against her playing like the the doctor version of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like Doctor Harley Quinn, Quinzel. Yeah. Rather than her in the fucking tights and the Margot Robbie esque of of, <laughs> of uh, Harley Quinn, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't. Um, I don't see that either. I'm still trying to wrap my head like the Joker to musical, you know, a musical. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 look it's it's different. 
That's all you could really say. It's different. If you yeah. are going to pursue this as a musical, at least it's different. Yeah. You know, it's not the, the typical second second movie in the three movie uh, franchise or three movies uh, sequel trilogy where <laughs> it'll be funny. Like the first one is the second. The first one is live action, super depressive. The second one is a musical. The third one is animated. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be so freaking yeah, like thinking, like even thinking of the Star Is Born, I I could definitely see the similarities with the Joker. But the thing is with the Joker is that the world Todd Phillips built was overbearingly depressive. Yeah, like everyone hated everyone. Like I I I know that's a thing, especially in like a place like New York or something like that. But it felt like the at the you know the the odds are out overwhelmingly against him. So exactly. to see a musical <laughs> just Unless you tone so it I, down a bit so that I'm it's a little to, more, you know, easier to swallow. I'm trying to think of, like, dark musicals. Like, there's Sweeney Todd, but that's more of, like, campy than dark. Yeah. There's, so it was like, what are you going to... Like you said, you would have to tone it down, like, 50% or more, 75% possibly to, like, actually be able to pull off a, a musical. Because, like, how are you going to sing about, like, these super depressing and fucking dark things? Uh, world that Todd Phillips built, like you said. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I, like now I'm just getting like dark images in my head. Like it's like a World War Two film, and they start singing, and they're like, "Oh, here's Auschwitz." Like just you know, <laughs> just how do you how do you go into that you know context matter? It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's gonna be either a, a make it or break it kind of uh, thing situation. Yeah, kind of situation. I'm I'm hoping they stop at two though. I'm not gonna lie. Really, like, you don't want this, a trilogy? Well, it's just like how many like is is the Joker uh, a character that's a standalone enough to be able to to carry a trilogy, especially if they make the second one a, a fucking musical? That's true. But how about this? Like, yeah. Uh, Batman is year one, right? Mm-hmm. So what if uh, Joker three? is within that year one aspect of Batman, the Batman. Whoa, I mean... Like, because in the Batman, someone's in jail. We don't really see his face, right? So... Well, we know it's the Joker. Oh, we, we, well, Cut the shit, man. Right, right, we know, but he's, <laughs> he, he's incredibly grotesque. So what if yeah, but, Joker 3, he becomes that grotesque character in the Batman? But I feel like time-wise, timeline-wise, uh-huh. you know, because the Joker started in the 80s, and Batman seems like it's more contemporary. Right. That's true. So, is it going to be the same Joker? Because, like, if not, Joker's got to be in, like, his early 60s. Well, I mean, the magic of falling in a vat of, you know, chemicals can do wonders <laughs> to one's complexion. Especially if it's a Lazarus pit or, you know, just... <laughs> no, you're right. Inter- that would be an interesting an interesting concept that they introduced the Lazarus pit. Yeah, and that's what turned him. That's what made him yeah. mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also like the idea of having, like... Willem Dafoe played like the Joker Joker in his head. Oh, God, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I love Willem Dafoe. Especially when coming off of No Way Home. I just love yeah. his portrayal of Goblin. It's so good. Yeah. It's really one of the of the better actors of, 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 you know, the past 40, 50 years. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, definitely. All right, so let's finish on this. Two things. Two things. Uh, the first thing... I guess you could call it a, a seismic, you know, earth-shattering world. People are going to going to uh, re-evaluate their religious status and all that stuff. Yeah. 
Um, Windows is killing uh, Internet Explorer. <laughs> you know, in my head, I was like, I thought you were talking about the other one. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we well, outlive Windows. Give it the old switcheroo. Yeah. Um, do you, I remember hearing, like, how people, especially, like, Internet culture was ragging on uh, Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. Did, did it ever really give you any of those problems people were talking about? Not really. Me uh, either. Yeah, is that weird? Like, I remember using it, and I was like, oh, this is fairly fast. And then I found out people were using Chrome, and, like, a sheep, I went to Chrome, and, like, I just stayed there. <laughs> yeah. So it, is it a conspiracy? Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, growing up as a kid, Internet Explorer was the browser of choice. It wasn't until, like, later. I want to say what post 2000 or so yeah was when uh no not 2000 like 2010 or so was when uh chrome became the popular that it isn't the, the popular choice mm-hmm. but you know there was always firefox and alta vista all these alta different types of <laughs> internet explorers but to me the constant the const, constant constant was the constant was uh internet explorer yeah, I, you know what I think it is? I feel like, I don't know about you, but I came off of broadband, you know, so you you, you can't get worse than that. <laughs> so when Internet dude, Explorer came out, dude, it was mind-blowing. I didn't have internet as a kid. I oh, a see? Computer. Yeah, see, th- I mean, there it is. I mean, yeah. anything at this point is, would be a lifesaver, <laughs> right? Be exactly. Yeah, I remember getting AOL discs and playing Frisbee with them. Me too. Yeah, AOL, right. America Online. Yeah, exactly. Right on. <laughs> yeah, we would throw them at each other. Yeah, right. You know, I throw them at the walls, see them shatter exactly. and stuff like shatter. that. But yeah, I feel like it's uh, we we we're at the bare minimum, and <laughs> so anything better than that is a godsend. Yeah, I don't I don't use Chrome. I don't like using Chrome. Yeah, yeah. Just because um, you know Google and their privacy and all that shady. stuff. Shady, so. right? Right. Yeah, that's they're, fair. They're shady practices. So I, I, I tend to use um, Apple's Safari. Mm-hmm. You know, I have Apple products. I have my MacBook. I have my iPhone. Uh, I work off a uh, an iMac. So Damn, I have the ac- closed garden. <laughs> I like what I like. <laughs> I, I have I have access to uh, to. To Safari, so that's the one I, I, I tend to use. The only downside in Safari is that it doesn't really run Java. Oh no! So there are some web websites that are built on Java that don't necessarily work. So then I do have to go to Chrome. But <laughs> other than that, like I prefer, I much prefer um, Safari over or over Chrome. Mm. But yeah, twenty seven years uh, Internet Explorer is going going bye bye. Yeah. It, Officially. I was three years old. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh, the big thing, if true, <laughs> I mean, I, I, come on, the big thing, if true, it's coming out of China, so take it with a grain of salt. Oh yeah, with the bucket. But, yeah, a, a fucking beach full of salt. <laughs> take it. They they said that they made contact, mm. contact with contact, aliens, Joel? with the aliens, extraterrestrials. Yeah, they have a. Uh, they built like this big ass radio satellite. To, with the specific purpose of trying to detect extraterrestrial uh, entities out there to to make try to make contact, so that's kind of uh, suspect number one. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, say. You're gonna spend what two billion dollars or whatever the fuck in building this giant radio satellite, and then immediately two years later be like, hey, we found something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, it, it, it is interesting. Obviously, it's whenever a world power decides to be like, hey, we made contact, you should always pay attention. But because it's China, you, we should take it with the, the giant, the biggest rock boulder of salt that we could possibly <laughs> find because, you know, those fuckers are crazy. So Yeah, and we've been doing the same thing, not the salt thing, but, like, uh, we've been monitoring. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the location. But I think isn't there like a facility in the U.S. where that's their sole purpose is to uh, hear, <laughs> listen to see what's going on around the world. I know there's there's the the I think was it was it from Contact that movie where there's like those giant satellites, yeah, like antennas. That's in that's in uh, Australia. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. but yeah, they work in conjunction with uh, like some universities here in the United States and other places around the world. It's and it's they mainly decide to put like satellites and telescopes mm. in different parts of the world because like they the world sees different different angles. Right, right. So yeah, it's 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 something interesting, obviously, that we should take uh, take notice of. You know, especially since was it last year or during the pandemic, the Pentagon was like, "Yeah, there's aliens." Uh, yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> and everyone's like, "All right." <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's uh, focus on this virus first. Yeah, it's like, oh, come back, circle back to the aliens. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Do you think we will ever have, uh, like, do you think we'll ever make contact within our lifespan? Oh no. no. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, be- not. do you believe in aliens? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 but I, I, it's a very Neanderthal uh, approach. But like, if we exist, I feel like there has to be other planets in the infinite universe that exist. We yeah, there's always that. There's that argument that people say is like, how arrogant do we have to be to assume that we're the only living things in the universe? Especially yeah. knowing, knowing how vast it is. Yeah, exactly. And like, it, it's easy to say, oh, it'll never happen. Like, given contact i'm pretty sure that's not going to happen in a you know a couple thousand hundred thousand years but to say yeah. that that doesn't they don't exist is just you know and it's literally in the infinite universe <laughs> one planet <laughs> does that has extraterrestrial life doesn't exist it's kind of you know it's, yeah. yeah it's there yeah what's interesting is that seeing how like the uptick of uh alien sightings started post you know dropping the bomb yeah, yeah. Oh wow, really? Yeah, there's been like uh obviously maybe because like reports like the 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 way people uh, document things has changed. Mm-hmm. But post uh, World War 2, like the majority of the, the the alien visitations or sightings or whatever have have been reported. And yes. it has led people to speculate it's like are they going to like intervene cuz like they developed. Uh, they're seen as from the outside as as these you know monkey creatures that <laughs> developed a developed a weapon so powerful that could potentially you know be the end of us. Yeah. So that makes that makes like the 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 conspiracy theorists be like, hey, are they going to intervene or what's happening? Are they trying to send us a message that we're going down the wrong path? Yeah. Or is it more pessimistic where they've seen our world a billion times and they know the outcome and they know that there's nothing we, they can do to stop us? Yeah. I mean, but that there's also those theories that, that suggest that there was like alien intervention in ancient civilizations. Mm, you know, right. like obviously the, 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 the easy go-to one is, is the pyramids in Egypt. Yeah. 
just because we don't have a valid understanding of how they actually built them. Yeah. People are saying, hey, look, maybe it was aliens. And then we see, we come across, like, our archaeologists come across a fucking hieroglyphics with a, what looks like a flying saucer or oh, something. Yeah. You know? Or R2-D2 <laughs> and C-3PO. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Especially with those, I don't know what they're called, the heads in an island? Like, they're giant heads? The Easter Island heads? Yeah, the Easter Islands. Like, we don't know how they're able to, first of all, craft those things out of stone but also how they transported them. And even then, with uh, digging conventions, like how it turns out they're not just heads, there's actually a full-on body. Yeah, they're buried like yeah. 50 feet in the ground or some shit like that. Yeah, and given the technology at the time, that would not be possible. Yeah, it's 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 uh, obviously it's something that captures the imagination of everybody, and then it, it also, I, I would imagine, brings out the worst in people. Yeah, yeah. Just because, like, it, it challenges their their what they know to be true. Yeah. But, hey, if, if the aliens ever decide to come on the show, by all means. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, I like to think of a thing as Futurama, where our, it's being broadcast into space. And at some point, maybe an alien billions of years in the future. It's like, hey, these guys are uh, <laughs> just listening to our You're podcast. Trying to, come, trying to come finish the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> The season finale. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, whoa, what are you talking about this now? <laughs> yeah, that would be genius. All right, well, that's our show for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I've been your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy, Ernesto. Hey, yo. We will be back next week with a Hot Takes. Hot Takes so of stay... Obi-Wan, right? Obi-Wan, yes. Yeah. So stay tuned for that, and thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Substack and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.